Welcome back to another breakdown of the Contender Series. This week we're going over Week 5, headlined by a light heavyweight matchup between Bruno Lopez and Henderson, or Brendison Hibero. Uh, Co-main event, we got a Canadian, hence why I'm repping the red here. We got Siri City going up against Ramon Tavares, who had a little bit of trouble on the scales this morning, but ended up making weight on his second attempt. Uh, last week, not too bad, 3-2 and two on predictions, but most importantly, we come through on the underdog there, and Marco Tulio Silva, who I didn't really understand why he was the underdog there, but I think a lot of people were reading into his opponent training with Alex Pereira a little bit too much. Thankfully, Tulio Silva puts on a great overall performance, gets W. Unfortunately for him, he doesn't get the UFC contract, but he showed off good enough that we were able to catch that underdog spot there. So very happy about that. All right, before we get into the breakdowns here real quick for the Contender Series, tomorrow the MMA Lawcast for UFC 293 will drop, so make sure you guys check that out. On Thursday, I'll be dropping a quick picks version of the podcast as has been requested by a, a lot of people, and I just wanted to see how that would do in terms of traction with the population. I know a lot of people have a short attention span, so doing like a 10-minute breakdown of the entire card, I'd be very interested to see how that would do in terms of the numbers and all of that other stuff that's involved. So look out for that. But then obviously doing the regular segments for you guys as well. Top three lock of the night candidates, top three dog of the night candidates, um, locky two-step, and then the three best prop ads will come out the days that they normally come out. So make sure you guys check that out. If you're looking to do your own researching on these fights, make sure you guys check out the MMA Fight Archive. We're closing in on 55 subscribers now. So shout out to everybody that's been checking it out. Seven-day free trial available for you to try it out without having to spend a dime check the link in the description below if you're trying to research on any of these cards the contender series pfl lfa which also goes down or sorry it's cage warriors that goes down this week and then lfa has two more events later on this month all which will be covered on the fight archive check it out check out why all the top cappers top analysts commentators and coaches are using this service and you can be one of those guys as well or gals if it so happens to be that way all right let's not get uh too far off track here let's get right into the breakdowns we'll start off with the first fight of the night what actually which actually is a short order spot for Diony Barbosa. She's coming in against Rain Guerrera. And obviously, uh, Barbosa, big favorite here, minus 300, closing in on minus 320 by the time I start recording this. Um, I get it. You know, BJJ Black Belt, uh, BJ, or sorry, a Black Belt in Judo as well, trains out of King's MMA. She's on a two fight winning streak after dropping two fights, which were kind of close. You know, she had that. Um, she gassed out against Josiane Nunes and got finished at the ending of the second round. And then out uh, after that, got outgrappled by a high-level uh, black belt, I believe, uh, in jiu-jitsu in Jenna Bishop. But she made that fight a lot closer than the odds suggested that night. But Barbosa was able to go out there and just swarm and smother her next two opponents. Who, albeit not the greatest level of competition, you're talking about a fighter in Mariani Piccolo, uh, Piccolo, I believe her name was, uh, very green in her career and really didn't have an answer for the takedowns nor the judo of Barbosa. And then obviously her last uh, opponent, uh, Middleton, who was unable to deal with the grappling either and was giving up takedowns pretty easily. Her striking looks a little bit suspect still, but it's really her grappling where she ends up up getting the majority of her success going and I think that's going to be key for her, her here against Rain Guerrero who's coming out of the Texas regional scene. Guerrero trains out of uh, one of the main gyms down there in Texas War Training Center. Um, 
you know, she has a lot of great training partners that mainly compete on the Fury FC scene. Uh, she's 5-1. and one. The one fight that she lost uh, was a close uh, decision, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, that's one actually where she uh, got out grappled. But since that matchup, she's made a lot of improvements. She's showing improvements in her takedown defense, her ability to get back to her feet, and really pull off reversals as well. But she's very dangerous in the striking realm. She has great cardio. She's able to kind of push the pressure against her opponents, stay in their face, put combinations together, and really hurt them, and start to pull away down the stretch. She's improving every single time out. So I give her that credit in terms of we, we got to expect more improvements from her, uh, especially when we see her this weekend. Now, in terms of this matchup, I think it's a close fight, and I think it's closer than the odds suggest. Trust me, I'm somebody that's paid chalk on Barbosa in the past, but I feel like Guerrero can definitely put up a fight here, and if she's able to stop the takedowns or at least stop the threat of submissions or finishing ability from Barbosa in this early going, she should start to pull away in the second and third rounds when it's going to be easier for her to stop the takedowns and get off her own offense. Remember, Barbosa is coming in into this fight on very short notice, uh, maybe a week, a week and a half at best. But I really think that this is a solid spot for Rain Guerrero to pull off a big upset to start off this week five contender series card. So give me Guerrero and I'm going to take Guerrero to win this fight by decision. Next up, we got a banger here and Gene Silva going up against Kevin Vallejos. Uh, very intriguing fight. Gene uh, currently on a seven fight winning streak, finishing every single one of those fights in the first round. That's how this guy fights. He goes out there, he gets in your face, and he tries to knock you out or at least find a submission. Uh, his two fights that have gone to a decision are fights that he ended up losing, which makes you lead to believe that he's uh, a little bit of a gas bag, a guy that doesn't really know how to portion out his cardio the best and that could be a big issue for him as he continues to take steps up in competition his opponent this weekend kevin vallejos comes out of the argentinian regional scene but the kid looks like the goods he's 11 and 0 uh he's finished with the majority of his opponents i think only two of those have gone to a decision and most recently he defeated former ufc fighter eduardo garagori he shows great combinations and he's very slick with the striking approach he throws in great combinations and ends off and stamps most combinations with leg kicks as well. And you just see the fluidity in his striking as he's throwing. And I think that's going to be very important for him here against a guy like Gene Silva. I feel like we'll see better technical striking and good defense from Vallejos to kind of thwart the early finishing capabilities of Silva. And from there, he should start to land his own great counters, which will hurt Gene Silva, in my opinion. And I think from there, he could potentially find a finish in the second or third round. So I like the, the Vallejo side here. I don't mind the minus 170 on his money line either, but I, I don't mind paying the chalk on the fight doesn't go to decision. It's obvious. You either get that early Gene Silva finish, which he more often than not comes through, although most of his wins are coming against sketchy competition, and then Vallejos on the other side who clearly, clearly has better cardio, clearly has better striking defense, and the guy is going to put the pressure on him with his combinations and his kicking game. So Vallejos is the pick. Fight doesn't go to decision, probably my favorite prediction for the matchup. Next up, we got a middleweight belt between Chan Hanacomb going up against Dylan Budka. Budka coming in on very short notice here as uh, Hanacomb's opponent, original opponent was forced to pull out. Uh, Budka actually fought about a week and a half prior to this matchup. But he took on a complete juice monkey. If you guys go and watch that fight, that guy looked like he had every single steroid in his body. But Budka was able to take him to the ground and find a submission if I, I believe that's what it was. Um, but he's a he's a grinder. 
He's a guy that looks to take his opponents to the ground and just put them through that grind, put them through that, uh, you know, the, the meat grinder, just really wear on them and try to beat them by decision. He has a couple finishes on his record, but for the most part, he looks to go out there and just dominate from positions that he's able to establish. Um, he fought for the LFA interim middleweight title earlier this year and came up short against Azamat Bekoyev. Uh, very, you know, it was a closer fight than the odds uh, initially suggested, but as Bekoyev, who was able to establish some dominant control, get some good damage off, but Budka showed that he was not willing to accept bad positions and did a great job of working out of those bad positions even late in that 25 minute fight. His opponent, Chad Hanacombe, comes from the South African fight scene, and he's on a three-fight winning streak right now. He's a BJJ brown belt, and he is another guy that looks to dominate by establishing top control and dominant positions. Uh, I gotta say, his striking looks a little bit robotic and flaky at times, even though he's coming off a spectacular elbow finish where he was able to just completely starch his opponent and put him on a different planet. Normally, he looks a little bit lost and scared in the striking realm. So if he's not able to get his grappling going and he's forced to strike with his opponents, you see him kind of start to panic and you see him kind of really make mistakes in the striking realm where opponents are able to take over and end up finding their own finishes. Uh, Hanakoma has faced some decent opponents on the regional scene, most notably Leon Alio, who is on the Bellator scene, and we saw Hanakoma go out there and completely grapple him for 15 minutes and win that fight. And then he obviously came up short against Ikram Ali Iskarov. We know Ali Iskarov is completely capable of considering his current UFC run. I really lean with Budka here, even though he's coming in on short notice. Like I said, he just fought a week and a half ago. The guy's in shape. You got to know that he was prepared for this opponent and this and this uh, the possibility of jumping in on, on short notice. And I feel like he can deal with the grappling of Hanacom. Uh, he might get taken down, but I think he'll be able to stay safe enough that he can eventually get back to his feet. And I think with the power and explosion that he has and his ability to sustain that over 15 minutes, that's going to make it very hard for a Hanacom comb to get off his own offense so uh, you know after a very close first round i expect budka to start pulling away with this matchup and i think he probably wins it by knockout again he's not a big finisher but the openings that hanakom leaves in his striking game when he can't get his grappling game going i think that budka will be able to take advantage of that and possibly find a finish here so i saw budka minus 140 yesterday when i initially researched this matchup and now he's seeing the money coming in on hanakom and we might even get budka around that plus 110 range by fight time i don't mind that i think that's a damn good spot all right coming event time we got fellow canadian siri city going up against ramon tavares like I said at the top of the show, Tavares having trouble on the scales uh, this morning, um, but ended up making the weight an hour later. It was about a half pound that he had to cut. He made the weight. It's fine. But he did not look the greatest. And this is a guy that over half of his fights throughout his professional career, he's missed weight. I don't get how the UFC gives a guy like this an opportunity, considering that he struggles to make 135 pounds. You see throughout his topology page, he's fighting at catch weights of 140 and he's coming in at 138, 137, 139. But that just, it says catch weight, but without a shadow of a doubt, that means the fight was scheduled for bantamweight, but he's failing to make those those uh, those weights. And it was very unfortunate. Again, he almost had another scare this morning, but luckily he was given that extra hour to cut the weight and make the weight, but he did not look good doing so. Uh, he's a sniper. He, he's a lot of fast twitch muscle, looking to put that big power on his opponents and put them away. He's fought some notable names like Martin Day, former UFC fighter, and the MMA underground legend Charles Crazy Horse Bennett, who's, who he was able to finish in about uh, two rounds, or sorry, two minutes. 
He's finished seven of his eight wins, and his lone loss came when he was knocked out in 34 seconds by a 4-3 and three opponent. To me, it seems like he's a guy that can go out there and intimidate his opponents off jump, utilize his speed, power, and uh, early accuracy to really scare his opponents, hurt them, and put them away. But now that he's going to be fighting guys with higher levels of experience and higher levels of discipline, I think it's going to get harder for him to really get off on that style. Uh, he originally trained out of a striking gym. I think it was a boxing gym, but uh, aligned with the guys over there at Team Alpha Male for this training camp so that he can get better looks and try to refine the rest of his game. Siri City is a guy that I've been hearing about for years now on the Canadian regional scene, and his only professional loss came to Matteo Vogel, who fought last week on the Contender Series, and I personally thought Vogel deserved to get that decision victory. Uh, but City got out grappled in that matchup, and we've seen from that last matchup how good Vogel is with controlling his opponents and just riding his opponents, and City had a lot of trouble in that matchup. However, since that fight, which was right at the beginning of COVID, we've seen City refine his own game. He utilizes grappling now, and he does a great job of riding his opponents and putting them through the grind. But his specialty is his striking. He usually has a height and reach advantage over his opponents, in which he's able to snipe them from distance, utilizes kicks and his straight punches down the middle to keep them at bay, and then when he feels comfortable, he can get his grappling going, really rough, rough his opponents up in the clinch, and then get that back ride going where he just wears on his opponents uh, and just puts them through the grind, like I said. He does a great job of working the body of his opponents as well, which really sucks their energy dry. And you can see him really hurt the body of guys like Olao Watson, who's a former UFC fighter. And even in his last matchup against Ali Waxub, I believe the kid's name was uh, a title defense for Siri City. Siri holds two regional titles on the Canadian scene and in pretty big organizations, relatively speaking, for Canada's regional scene. And he's defended those belts a couple times now as well. He's had experience going a full five rounds if he needs to, which makes you realize that this guy has great cardio should fights go a full 15 minutes as he continues to have non-title fights at this stage in his career. I think he is the side here. I know he's around that minus 170, minus 190 range, but I think he's a solid favorite for this matchup. I think that he'll be able to thwart that early finishing ability of Tavares and get his own striking going, get his own grappling and clinching going, wear on the gas tank of Tavares, really make Tavares feel that weight cut that he had to go through the previous day, and then pull away with this matchup in the second and third rounds, finding his own finish and most likely dig into the body and really just uh, taking the soul away from Tavares and getting this win by body shot KO. So I like City here, and I think he gets it done probably in the third round. Main event time, like I said, Bruno Lopez and Brenson Hibero uh, going down in the light heavyweight division. These are these are big boys. You know, Hibero coming in at six foot four, uh, training out of a value cow tie, which is mainly known for its striking prowess. This guy actually looks to take fights to the ground and try to do good work from there. You know, he's very good with finding submissions. He's very active off of his back. But when you see him getting pounded on by opponents on the feet, it doesn't look good. You know, he's on a two-fight winning streak right now, but he had a two-fight losing streak where he got finished by both guys pretty emphatically in the first round. You know, his his chin seems to be a little bit suspect. Um, even though he's a little bit aggressive at times, he's a little bit wild on the feet, leaving himself to get clipped and hurt uh, by opponents that are looking to counter-strike. Bruno Lopez, you know, he was a minus 800 favorite in his last matchup in which he uh, obtained the LFA light heavyweight title in emphatic fashion. And then now he's a minus 600 favorite in this fight this weekend or, or, or tonight, tomorrow, whatever you want to call it. He's dangerous. You know, he's 11-0. 
He took uh, almost five or six years off between 2015 and 2021. And since returning, he's pulled off five straight victories. All those finishes, uh, all those victories coming by finish as well. He's a BJJ brown belt and he does a great job in terms of getting his opponents to the ground and looking for that arm triangle choke, which he seems so strong in and makes it very difficult for his opponents to get out of those positions. But he doesn't look to lay and pray. This guy looks to go out there and just finish his opponents, whether it's putting a barrage of punches together on the feet or looking to take his opponents to the ground and getting his ground and pound going until he opens up a finish or a submission opportunity for himself. This guy is a killer. I'm very excited to see him in the contender series. And I think that this is a good enough matchup for him to go out there, have an emphatic and highlight real finish so that he secures his UFC contract and gets to the big show, which is where I think he belongs. So give me Bruno Lopez here. I think this fight finishes under one and a half, uh, which currently sits around minus 210. I'm all for it. I'm fine with that shock. I think Lopez goes out there and absolutely runs through Hibero, finishes him within three minutes of this fight uh, starting and gets it done pretty easily. There you guys go, all five breakdowns for this UFC, or sorry, this Contender Series Week 5 card. Again, UFC 293 going down this week as well. Look for the full card breakdown tomorrow and the rest of the content to come throughout the week. Appreciate all the love. Appreciate all the support. Oh, wait, there's Cage Warriors as well this week. So if you're looking for breakdowns for those, check the link in the description below for my personal Patreon page. And that's where you'll find written breakdowns for all of those matchups. All right, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Good luck on your action. And... uh Yeah, let's enjoy another great week of the Contender Series.